Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. Ezekiel is a book of figures or pictures that portray spiritual things. For example, in the beginning of the book, in the first four verses, it says, The word of Jehovah came expressly to Ezekiel the priest. And I looked, and there came a storm wind from the north, a great cloud, and a fire flashing incessantly. And there was a brightness around it, and from the midst of it there was something like the sight of electrum from the midst of the fire. These four items, the wind, the cloud, the fire, and the electrum, actually depict various aspects of how we experience God. God is a wind to us. He overshadows and broods over us like a cloud. At times, he's a burning, refining fire to purify us. And he's also like a glowing, shining electrum of gold and silver, depicting his divine nature and Christ's redemption. But if we genuinely experience God in these aspects, it will also produce something which we come to today in verse 5. And from the midst of it, there came the likeness of four living creatures, and this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man. John Pester has joined us for our fourth program from the Life Study of Ezekiel. And John, a marvelous topic will be on for some time, but the four living creatures introduced here in verse 5, chapter 1, very mysterious, isn't it? Well, I'm glad to hear that we'll be on it for a a lengthy period of time because this is a very deep point to come to this matter in Ezekiel. The matter of the four living creatures is a very important point, and the light that the ministry of Witness Lee brings to this point is very significant. I think if we see Ezekiel in the light of these spiritual interpretations, we will have a greater appreciation for Christ we'll have a greater appreciation for ourselves as man, and we'll have a greater appreciation for God's eternal purpose. Well, of course, everything uh, always comes back to that, God's eternal purpose, God's economy, which is unfolded, as we're seeing now, you know, in one of these great uh, books of the prophets, one of the major prophets, Ezekiel, and one of the ones that uh, I think people often approach with a little trepidation, or perhaps they feel intimidated by such a book. As we've mentioned already in the early programs, It has a parallel in the New Testament, the book of Revelation. And again, all these types and figures that can give way to a lot of wild speculation. But what we're seeing in this life study is very solid biblical interpretation, aren't we, in terms of unveiling the spiritual significance of these types and figures. I think what we'll see more than anything is that God's purpose is not related to miraculous, bizarre, spiritual things that we kind of tend to associate with Ezekiel and with Revelation, but we'll see very clearly that God's eternal purpose and the fulfillment of his eternal purpose relates very much to humanity, relates to uh, mankind and mankind's position within God's 
purpose and plan. And that position can be seen both with the believers and especially with the Lord Jesus himself. Well, let's uh, get into the first section here. Again, it's uh, going to mainly touch verse 5. Let me read it again. And from the midst of it, meaning this fire, this glowing electrum, there came the likeness of four living creatures, and this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man, exactly what you were just saying, John. The two key things we want to not miss in this verse, this, uh, these four living creatures had an appearance, the likeness of a man. This is really touching the humanity of Christ being depicted, and it's four living creatures. I think those two points will be emphasized as we join Witness Lee for this first portion. Now... From verse 4 of Ezekiel chapter 1, we have to go on to verse 5. The wind brings in the cloud. The cloud unfolds the fire. The fire produces the electron. Out of the fire, you have the electron. But not only the electron, also the four living creatures. Yes, by experiencing God as the wind, the cloud, the fair, we gain God as the electron. But we ourselves become something. We become something. We become some living thing. You know, we were dead. But by experiencing God as the brewing wind, at the overshadowing cloud, at the consuming fair, we not only have God as the electron, but we ourselves become living. Amen. The Lord Jesus said, The dead shall hear and shall live. Paul said, Ye were dead, but God has made you alive. You know, the word living in Hebrew is a word out of the same root as the word of life in Genesis chapter 2, the tree of life. How we, the creatures, could become the living creature simply because we experience God as the tree of life. We do have something living within us. We have a living element. We have a living factor. Something living gets into us. This living thing all the time makes us living. John, to see this picture, both the four living creatures and these four aspects, uh, as he is revealed of our experience of God and putting them together, uh, I really like this because the result is that if we really are experiencing God in these aspects, it will have an effect on our being, won't it? I think it's really an amazing realization to realize that the experience of God as the wind that blows upon us, that comes upon us, that moves within us, the experience of God as the cloud, the overshadowing, loving care and concern for us that in many ways is expressed through the Spirit's interceding for us that's according to God. In other words, the Spirit's moving within us is always according to God. And then that moving is an exposing, a burning, a sanctifying 
that produces something of God and man with us, the ultimate issue of that is four living creatures. At the end of this process of the wind, the cloud, the fire, and the electrum, you have four living creatures. You have a corporate expression of God. And because that word living is the same root as the root for the tree of life. So something living is produced when God is experienced. And I think this is an important point for us to realize that that living that is produced is a reflection of God, but it has the appearance of man. Of course, Christ identified himself as the life. I have come that they might have life, have it more abundantly. Uh, He is the eternal life. He who has the Son has the life. So uh, we're really talking about the genuine experience of a believer of the Lord. Right. And that makes us even beings or creatures of life. When we have these experiences, when God comes into us and personally blows upon us and cares for us and burns us and exposes us, we spontaneously become living. This is the sign of a living Christian and as someone who realizes their care from the Lord. They realize that the Spirit's moving and operating in their being. They've been burned, exposed, sanctified, purified. Uh, And as a result, what they express is just the very life of God that has been operating in their being in this process prior to that point. John, in this uh, next portion, we want to pick up another point in this verse. There are four living creatures. And we'll see this number four is not an arbitrary number. Uh, It's significant that it's not five or seven or two, but there are four living creatures. And one of the verses that Witness Lee will refer to to help us understand the significance of the number four is in Revelation chapter five, verse nine. And they sing a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and have purchased for God by your blood men out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Here's Witness Lee once again. Now, we have to realize why we are portrayed not only as living creatures, but as four living creatures. Four. Why not five? Why not six? It is quite meaningful. I could give you many, many verses to show you the meaning of the number four in this aspect. But I think Revelation 5, 9 is good enough. It says, the Lord has redeemed us out of four sources. He has redeemed us out of every kindred. Number one, every thing. Number two, every people. Right? Number four, every nation. Not only this, but the new Jerusalem is of four sides. The north, the east, the west, and the south. With three gates on either side. And this means from every direction of this earth, you get into the city, regardless through what gate you'll be there. We are the four living creatures, symbolizing that we were all redeemed from all kinds of kindred, tongue, people, and nation, from all directions. These four living creatures 
are just a corporate expression of the man on the throne. We express Christ in every direction toward every side in an adequate and complete way. Now, we come to the main point. That is, all the four living creatures bear the appearance of a man. So many Christians would like to be an angel. Be honest. Tell me within you subconsciously. You like to be a man or to be an angel? Let me tell you, God has enough angels. All the angels are just God's servants. So get rid of this concept to be an angel. My, it is really glorious. Marvelous that you are a man. God is the center of the universe. But God needs an expression. Millions, billions of angels. But they could not be the expression of God. God needs a man, a corporate man, to express him. So don't despise yourself. Hallelujah. Well, he says this is the main point, John. God needs man and a corporate man to be his expression. Of course, in the man Jesus, there surely was the expression of God on the earth, but not fully adequate yet, is it? This is an important point for everyone to realize. God is at the center of the universe, yet he needs an expression. Colossians speaks of Christ as being the image of the invisible God. Our God is invisible. But his image is Christ. His expression is Christ. And in order for him to be expressed and to have an image for all to see, he needs humanity. He needs man. Because it's in man and through man that all of God's divine attributes can be fully expressed and displayed for everybody to see. We can't see the invisible God. But we can see man, and when we see man as God intended him to be and as God was in the person of Christ, we see the image of God. We see God's expression. So to express God doesn't mean that we become like God, but it means that we become like man. In order to express God, our humanity needs to reflect the humanity of the person of Jesus Christ because he is the image of the invisible God. And so the four living creatures point to a corporate expression of God in Christ because the number four is the number of creation and the number of the creature. And isn't it significant that we have four Gospels to fully express every element and every aspect of the humanity of Christ. Yeah, we're going to come to that uh, point about the four Gospels. It, it does have a, uh, a parallel, or it is uh, incorporated in this picture we're seeing. That'll come out in this uh, coming portion. But I'd just like to underscore one thing you said. You know, that verse in Revelation pointing out the extent of Christ's redemption. I mean, it really reaches everyone, doesn't it? Right. This is God needs men, plural, from all all the corners of the earth, from all the racial backgrounds, from all the ethnic backgrounds, from all the linguistic groups. He's really seeking this broad representation of humanity, uplifted and reconstituted with the very life of God in Christ to be his full expression. If you're a human being, you fall into one or more of these four categories. There's no escaping 
that Christ's redemption can apply and reach to the four corners of the earth. And, of course, he made also reference to Revelation 21, where we're seeing the New Jerusalem there, which has uh, four sides, and on each side, three gates. So three gates facing all the directions. So there's there's nobody excluded, potentially, is there, from this corporate expression. No. Okay, now let's come to the last section today. I want to pick up verse 10 in chapter 1, John. It says, And for the likeness of their faces, they had the face of a man, and the four of them had the face of a lion on the right side, and the four of them had the face of an ox on the left side, and the four of them had the face of an eagle. Four faces, but each of these four faces had four facets, four different expressions, depending on which side you were looking at it from. Yet the overall appearance, the overall likeness is that of a man. The four living creatures, it's a picture that's hard to fathom. The four living creatures are standing back to back, and each creature has four faces. The outward face is the face of the man. Then they have a face of the lion on one side and the face of the ox on the other side. And then facing toward the rear is the face of an eagle. But all of this aggregate conglomerate, <laughs> so to speak, of humanity has, according to Ezekiel, the appearance of and the likeness of man. And so you have these four living creatures, each creature having four faces, the face of a man, the face of a lion, the face of an ox, and the face of an eagle. And so we'll look at each of these four and what they typify, symbolize in the book of Ezekiel. Here's Witness Lee for our final portion. Every living creature has four faces. Four faces on the four directions. The Lord's salvation is for human beings. So we all have to bear the face of a man. In our Christian life, on the first hand, we all need to be a man. But in the second hand, you always have to be alone. Suppose in the office, you are so nice as a proper man. People will be attracted by you. Then you know, when the people are attracted to you, they will be the germs corrupting you to sin, to worthiness. We got to be so bold like the lamb. On the one hand, we are a man. On the second hand, we are a lamb. But we need the third hand, an ox. An ox is to bear the burden, to do the work, even to sacrifice itself. We all need to have such an appearance, such a reality to serve others, to bear the burden, to take care of the responsibility, and even to sacrifice our life. You have the reality of an axe. Then you need also a hidden part at the rear, not so easy to be seen by people. At the back, you need the face of an eagle. In the Bible, eagle always signifies the powerful, transcending God. God is so transcending, so buoyant, so powerful. Nothing can suppress God. Nothing can oppress God. Nothing can depress God. And this is the eagle and the eagle's wings. Now, Please tell me, what kind of life is this? 
On the first hand as a man, on the second hand as a lamb, on the third hand as an ox, on the fourth hand as an eagle. This is the life of Christ. We all know there are four Gospels as a kind of biography of Jesus. One shows him as a man, wrote. And the other shows him as a lamb, Matthew. And the third one shows him as an ox, Mark. And the fourth one shows him as what? The eagle, John. I tell you, this fourfold life is just the life of Christ. All the creatures are what? Are just a corporate expression of Christ. The expression of the life of Christ in a corporate way. John, we've mentioned before, Witness Lee gave this life study, I think, in uh, 1971, and the vision that was unveiled upon those that were fortunate enough to be in those meetings, I think, has stuck with them. I, I was not there. I came along the uh, first time I heard him, perhaps a year and a half later. But I know, talking to ones, that this vision that we're having uh, unfolded in the radio programs has stayed with the ones that were in that audience all these many years now, more than 30 years. What a vision of Christ and his corporate expression just in these first 10, 11 verses of Ezekiel. This underscores the marvelous unity of the divine revelation. The four living creatures had the likeness of man, but that likeness included a face of a man, a face of a lion, a face of an ox, and a face of an eagle. And so the likeness to be in according to the proper likeness of man, we need to be a person that has a human face, a face of a lion, that is someone that has no tolerance for sin and the degradation of this age that is fully focused on bringing in the kingdom of God. We need to be a person who is like an ox, slaving, serving, giving up our life. The Lord came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. And we also need to be a person who's transcendent in God himself, uh, accessing the divine life within our being and having intimate fellowship with God according to that divine life. And this type of person is seen in Christ himself. This is why there's a need for four Gospels, because you cannot discover what a human being should be like and should express unless you have all four Gospels. You need the full four Gospels, Matthew as the lion, Mark as the slaving-serving ox, Luke as the proper man, and John as God himself, the Word who is God and was God. You need all four of these Gospels to understand what it means to be a man expressing God on this earth. You know, um, in Exodus, uh, there's a verse when the children of Israel were being held in captivity, uh, referring back, it said, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. This is the eagle life, the one that is most hidden, that's God himself, and it's the energy that uh, animates real Christian uh, activity, isn't it? 
the life of God produces all of these other aspects, and they're expressed and revealed in humanity. I think it's amazing that the four living creatures point us to Christ and point us to the four Gospels, but they really still are four living creatures, which means that they have a relationship to created humanity. It is God's desire to bring his people through this process of the wind, the cloud, the fire, and the electrum to the point where they are themselves a corporate expression and reflection of all that God is in Christ. I appreciate that verse in Ephesians where Paul speaks of learning Christ as the reality is in Jesus. The believers, we need to learn Christ as the reality is in Jesus portrayed in the four Gospels and made real and practical in our human everyday experience by accessing the divine life that has been imparted into our being. I wish we had more time to linger on these points. This is uh, just tremendous view and a tremendous revelation provided to us through the priest and prophet Ezekiel opened up in the New Testament ministry that we're so privileged to participate in. Good to have you, John, and hope you can uh, be with us for more of these programs in Ezekiel. Thank you. Well, we uh, invite you, uh, as we usually do, typically at the end of each program, to contact us about getting the printed life study messages. If you'd like to get the printed messages, call us toll-free. It's 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788, or write to us at Living Stream Ministry Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814, or email to radio at lsm.org. That's all the time we have for today. Join us for our next program. For John Pester, I'm Chris Wine. Thank you very much for listening. Witness Lee's remarkable commentary on the life of Abraham, taken from the life study of Genesis, is now available from Living Stream Ministry in a single volume entitled Abraham Called by God. Abraham Called by God by Witness Lee is available at Christian bookstores everywhere, or you can order by calling 1-888-543-3788. That's 1-888-543-3788.